Show. I'm Michael Rose, and I'm here as always with my partner in podcasting crime, Ms. Kelly Guimont. Kelly, how you doing tonight? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the ball game. <laughs> I got go, a basketball job. Like, I was really going to just start with basketball jobs because seriously, that's where I'm at right now. Who are the Blazers playing in the first round? <sighs> uh, we got the Clips. Okay. The, the, uh, the LA Clippers. Um, this is exciting for a bunch of reasons. The first reason is that uh, for for people who are not Blazer fans like Kelly, um, what happened at the end of last year was we had a good team. Mm-hmm. We had a good, we had a solid team. It didn't really rotate. Like the, the same five starters were the same guys all the time. You knew who they were. And then last year, like the main guy, you know, um, every team sort of has like the one guy that everybody knows plays for that team. And that guy for us was LaMarcus Aldridge and he played for us for a lot of years and he did a lot of good and, you know, and was, was generally like a decent fella, you know, around like for people who don't know, there was an, an era that we're, where we were referred to as the jail blazers, uh, which is a story for another day. And anyway, so he was a good guy and, and, you know, he consistently turned in a really good performance, you know, always on the floor, whatever. And, uh, he left, he dangled everybody, first of all. Like he, he sort of jerked everyone around, including Blazers management, about whether or not he was actually going to stay or whether he was going to take an offer from someone else because he was a free agent at the end of last season. So they finally sorted out that what he was going to do was uh, take an offer and go play in San Antonio, which is fine, but he didn't have to wait so long because apparently people on the inside already knew because like two days after the season was over, he had packed up everything in his house and moved back to Texas, which is where he's from. And I'm not bitter. (laughs) And so, um, he left and then another guy got injured and he took an offer. He was, he was traded, um, accepted an offer someplace else. And so what it came down to was we had one starter from last season who made it, who made it through. We had two, we had one starter and two players who had played a, a, a certain number of minutes, and I don't remember what that number of minutes is, but it's not very high. Together, they hadn't they hadn't played they hadn't played together. Or they hadn't played at all. No, either one of them, like for the Blazers. Uh, yeah, like the, the only two people that we kept. One of them was Damian Lillard, who's an amazing ball player. He's not an all star, and I'm not bitter about that either. But that's also a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we had one guy that came back and then we had one other guy who had been on the bench um, who also returned and that was it and everyone else was new Ouch! and some of them were new to the league not just new to being a trailblazer but new to the NBA so we took this team that everybody had basically written off there were team there were you know analyst after analyst was saying there's no way they're going to win more than 25 games this season. There's no way they're going to win more than 27, you know, things like that. Um, you know, they will be, it will be an act of God if this team is 50-50 at the end of the season. Season is 82 games. It would be so, an act of God because that would be harder to go more than, say, 42 and 40. Um, but to be 50-50 would require some sort of divine intervention because, as you say, <laughs> an NBA season is only 82 games. I mean winning half their games. I, yes, I knew. I knew I, I knew that's what you meant. I'm I taunting. Know. I'm taunting. <laughs> so, so here's what happened was um, uh, management and coaching uh, went out and, and put together this new team and, uh, you know, some drafting and some trades and some stuff. And we ended up with a decent team. And we had won 27 games by the All-Star break. Mm. And not only were we 
not and then so there was a point at that point when people started going well well what are they doing and then they figured out like Damian Lillard is a really good ball player and if you give him the ball he will shoot a three and he will usually make it he's not a Steph Curry level three shooter but he's up there well to be clear nobody is um did you see that graph from the New <laughs> Steph York Times Curry reference? this year Steph Curry last year is not even Steph Curry this year it's in it is insane <laughs> he had a record I think 284 was the record that he set last year and this year he had not like 305 not 327 402 yes 40% uptick over his record. Exactly. That's guys bionic. Right. It's crazy. Oh, it's, it's bonkers. <laughs> so if you take him out of the equation, then Damian Lillard is hands down. I mean, he's still one of the top shooters in the league, but nobody can catch Steph Curry. Like nobody. that's just a marvel to behold. When that's, so, that's the challenge for you guys is if you do get through the first round, guess you yeah. got to play. <laughs> well, and that's always been, see, and that's the other thing is that a lot of the, the rest of the reason we got written off so often is because the West is full of really good teams. The Western Conference, you know, you could be a fair to Midland team in yes. the West. And if you were in the East, you could be dominating the East with a fair to Midland record over on my side. So that's the other reason this is really interesting is we took basically a bunch of noobs and Damian Lillard and turned this not only into a team that could win games. And the, the reason it was fun to watch all season is because um, teams started figuring out, like, if Dame gets the ball, Dame's going to shoot it, and he's probably going to make the shot. And so they started, like, double-teaming Lillard and boxing him out and making sure that he couldn't get the ball. And so then C.J. McCollum, another of our players, was like, okay, I guess it's up to me. And so now we call him 3J McCollum. See if you can figure out why. Can I just say that... that- <laughs> That Damian Lillard and the Noobs is the name of my Graham Parker and the Shot cover band. <laughs> I thought it might be. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a weird coincidence. I don't know why that was the case, but it is. Um, well, and now I will point out that it could be a Damian Lillard color cover band because he does, in fact, release hip hop albums. Does he really? Anyway, he does. He has he has some records out. It's 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 crazy. So. These guys, not not only did they start winning, but then they started playing as a team. So, like, then people figured out, oh, well, you can't give it to Dame or CJ. So now, here comes Mason Plumley making the shot. Here Mason comes Al-Farouk Aminu. Yeah. Uh, Mason Plumley. <laughs> Wasn't he Annette? Or was his brother Annette? His brother's Annette. His brother was um, Miles? His brother's name is Miles? Not Miles Plumley. Uh, I think up. he has a brother named Miles, though. Uh, it is. No, he, Mason was Annette. He was traded. He was traded oh, to the Blazers in okay. June of last year. Right, right. No, for, I'm. Uh, um, he does have a brother named Miles, but I think Miles is 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 a college player. Yes, he was. He was traded for. Um, he was traded for uh, somebody. Yeah, uh, Hollis Jefferson and Blake. There we go. Yes. Um. So he no, his brother Miles, I think, is a buck. Could be a buck. I'm not sure. Let's anyway, see. But I remember Mason. Plumlee yes, he plays for the Bucks. So yes. Net. Um. And and uh, his other brother Marshall uh, plays for Duke. Was in the Final Four. Like really? while we were having, yeah. <laughs> That's the the Plumley, the Plumley trio. Yeah, um, they're like the Lopez brothers, whom so, you also know because so, yeah, yes, right. one of ours is over there now. One one of yours is is in, is is a Nick. So we have a Nick the the Lopez brothers, the comic book collecting Lopez brothers, <sighs> playing for the Knicks and yes. Nets, the geekiest twin centers. In the NBA. You have no idea. Because let me tell you, one of the first things he said about that, that Robin Lopez said about being so excited about living in Portland was, they, do you know they filmed the Goonies just over there? Ah! No ah! joke. <laughs> like, it wasn't even far. And he was into that. 
And so, he like his hashtag even still is never say die, like which is a Goonies thing. So anyway, my team started winning ball games, and not only did they win ball games, but then people started going, "Well, shoot, it looks like the Blazers are going to get into the playoffs." And not only are the Blazers in the playoffs, the Blazers are not in the bottom of the playoffs. They're not in the eighth spot, like fighting for a wild card situation. They're not even seventh where they managed to beat like the absolute worst team in the league, which happens to at this point, I believe, be the L.A. Lakers. Like Kobe's 60 points, whatevs, right? He took 58 shots. I mean, come on. So the, diff- the, the point is like we didn't just manage to claw our way past, the, you know, the eighth place team in the league to get seventh. We're not even seventh, nor are we sixth. We are fifth in the league. In the, in the Western Conference playoffs, we are the fifth spot. The team that nobody thought could ever be anything this year because it was rebuilding and nobody knows how to play together and they're not going to be a cohesive unit. They're a cohesive unit and they're staring down the clips right now. It, it's it's a Cinderella story if Cinderella were a six foot eight power forward. <laughs> and there's our which, show title. If Cinderella the, were a six foot eight power forward. Which in the Grim in the Brothers Grimm original, she was uh, it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't test well. Yeah, the focus change. groups hated focus it. Groups hated it. So they made her. <laughs> they made her a, yeah. a, a princess. Um, not a princess. A uh, the 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 daughter with the stepmother and everything. Well, so, she ends up a princess in the end. I mean, I hope I'm not end. giving anything away. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Cinderella ends up with the prince. That would be awesome. That should be a show that we do. Fairy tale spoilers. <laughs> Pinocchio becomes a real boy. Mike, why? Mike. Yeah. Dude, spoiler alert! <laughs> that would be awesome. Simba, Simba survives and becomes like, oh come on! I'll tell you what, some of the like Mufasa dying—that's one that is a, a spoiler. There are kids who have not seen the film and they don't know, and it's it's emotion. It's they, no, they're very overwrought. But I'm telling you what happened to kids that grew up on the Lion King. The kids that grew up on the Lion King become high schoolers and they read Hamlet and they go. How are you trying to tell me that this is the thing? Because this is a Disney movie. This isn't old. I know how this turns out. Yeah, Hamlet. Hamlet is the Lion King on on red on reds like downers. <laughs> Lion King is like the ecstasy version of Hamlet. Everybody's happy. It works out. Um, so I will share with you what happened to me. Well, we 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 need to catch everybody up because a lot been going on. Obviously, the Blazers in the playoffs. That's huge. The Knicks not in the playoffs. Not huge. Um, the Blazers going to uh, have to face if they if they get past the Clippers, which we hope they do. Um, they will prob- yeah, presumably I'm, face. I'm reasonably State. confident in, in in beating the Clippers, but I'm also reasonably confident that now here's the thing though is that and and we do. I'm not going to say that the Blazers are perfect, but uh, there have been moments, more than one moment in more than one game against Golden State, where we were ahead by a double digit number of points. I live in a universe where that existed. Now, it wasn't the end of the game, obviously, because they only won, they only lost like eight. Nine. Or eight. Nine. Yeah. No, nine. They lost nine. 73 and nine. 73 yeah. and nine. Yeah. Yikes. Like, yeah. You, you could didn't... import players from other planets, and I don't think anybody can stop the Warriors. But let me just say, there were, there have been moments when the Blazers have been ahead by a significant margin against Golden State. So if nothing else, it's going to be really fun to watch. I don't expect we're going to make it to the finals. But the fact that we're even here, and not only here, but fifth, is desperately exciting. So what I found interesting is that the, the Golden State had not won in San Antonio in six years. Right. 
Yeah. And in order to have a shot at the record, they needed to go down there in the last, you know, mm-hmm. last 10 days of the season and go into San Antonio mm-hmm. and come out the win. And they did. That's, I know. That's impressive. And they, that and they spoiled amazing. San Antonio's perfect home season too, which is, man. Which is know. exciting to me because oh. I have a, I, I have a little bit of, I don't have love in my heart for San Antonio. You know, that's a Texas thing. It happens. <laughs> I had, yeah, I don't have love in my heart for the Houston Rockets either. And that's, that yeah, be, I could that rant on that forever. That won't be a problem because they're not going to be around that for, for that long. Um, yeah, I, know, do, I, I, I do want to laugh a little bit at that because ha ha Harden, <laughs> take that. Just mm, yeah. You and your flops. Yeah. There were a here. lot. There've been a lot of blowouts so far. So we had Houston blown out. We had mm-hmm. Dallas blown out by OKC. A very c- close game yeah. with, between Boston and Atlanta. And then we had uh, another blowout uh, today already. Two, as a matter of fact, we had Miami crushing the Hornets, swatting the Hornets, and the the Spurs gouging the Grizzlies, which, by the way, safety tip, don't do that. <laughs> if you happen to be riding a Grizzly, do not apply it to It is Spurs. not recommended it that you gouge not, them. not recommended. Safety tip. Um, so let me tell you what's going on on this side of the uh, nation, our fair nation. Uh, number one. I had the experience today of uh, uh, getting... So we moved. We moved our house. We sold our house. We bought a house. We moved our house. Uh, Everything is chaos. Uh, (laughs) I am recording. I'm recording from my basement, my new basement studio office, which is lovely and needs some acoustic padding on the wall. So I apologize for the... The echo, um, my my poor. But you have I, a studio. I have a, well, it's, a, it's an office. It's a basement office. It's next to the boiler. But it, it can. It has. It is studio esque. And the thing that makes it a studio is, of course, that it's in the basement. Oh, I um, thought it was that you plugged in the microphone. That too. Um, <laughs> it's approximately the size of a studio apartment in that it's a you know like 130 square feet, and that's about it. Nice. Um, but uh, but my iMac <laughs> picked the move to. Uh, decide to run the 10.11.4 update and uh, hose my, my user account, which is, <gasps> is something that has happened now twice with, uh, with El Capitan. It hose, it's weird. It hoses it in such fashion that you cannot you can log into the, that user, but you cannot run any applications. None of them will launch. They're all damaged or incomplete. Meanwhile, other users on the system uh, with those same applications are like, yeah, these are fine. What are you talking about? Happily launching. Happily run launching. All so I, I've, uh, I've had to migrate off and migrate back, and I'm, I think I've got it back now. But, um, but today, I received. We, we've been, we've been moving stuff. We've been packing stuff, unpacking stuff, and I picked today to get some of my boxes back from, not yet a sponsor, MakeSpace, MakeSpace.com. Yeah. Uh, for which is storage on demand, um, both in several metro areas including new york but also nationwide nationwide you may they mail the stuff to you but in new york and, and a couple of other places they just bring it to you in a truck yeah so they brought it to me in a truck today and the guy one of the guys who was delivering the stuff bounds out of the truck and sees me and says you know there's a famous reggae singer with the same name as you and i was sort of hoping it was him <laughs> It's like, well, that I'm sorry to ruin your day, but I could, you know, I could freestyle for a few minutes. We could rank about, you know, about moving boxes for a while if you want. <laughs> but yes, the the lead singer of Black Uhuru is also named former lead singer of Black Uhuru is also named Michael Rose. So this guy was he was like, I, I thought maybe, you know, it could happen. I'm like, yeah, but he lives in Jamaica, <laughs> and I live here in Brooklyn. 
Um, but you know. But you know. So yes. So it's we've moved. There's a lot of chaos, and actually, the other big thing in my universe is sitting on the desk right now. It is a rather alarmingly large 12.9 inch iPad Pro. Really? Yes. Yes. Just just acquired this week, and I gotta say. Um, it's possible you can be too large. I don't know, um, but I'm having trouble adjusting. <laughs> it's it yeah, is enormous. That's... It's enormous. Yeah. Now I've played with the the Mini Pro, the Prolet, the the Pro Pro Mini, Pro Pro uh, Pro Pro the, the Proling. I don't know pro, the the the, uh, the the Pro Walk. I believe they're called as the Wookie is to the Ewok. <laughs> the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is to the Pro Walk. Nine point seven. You're gonna Star Wars, yeah. The the Yoda, to the the Yoda to the to the Chewy. Yes, the Yoda, the Yoda, the Yoda size iPad Pro. Um, I dig it. It, It's the the primary reason I went I went big or went home and decided to go big is because (laughs) I'm intending to use this for some whiteboarding and to do you know to do yeah. In which case, you need you you kind of need that much space. I think the real estate is useful, but I mean, you know, it's like laptop replacement it's the actual size of my laptop yeah it's roughly the footprint of an of a of a macbook air such that i can't even use the bag <laughs> the, the stm bag that i really? carry because it won't fit in the ipad pouch i mean it fits in the laptop area but it doesn't fit <laughs> yeah. in the ipad area so wow I don't know. it's like it's not a tablet it's like a it's like an entire yeah you know entire surface no pun intended <laughs> um so yeah, so this is it's an interesting. I'll report yeah. back as we go. It's it's yeah. Be I'm very... curious how the how the larger one goes, particularly because you have a need for the extra space. Mm-hmm. Like I have played with the other one, which for people who don't know, um, the Yoda size iPad Pro is basically the size of the iPad Air and Air Two. Yes, the nine point seven inch model. Yeah, with the 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 slightly skinnier bezel on the side, slightly more on the top and bottom. Um, I have played with. I have laid hands upon that one. I know someone who has one, and I've I've gotten to play with it a little bit, not a whole lot, and uh, it's pretty groovy. And I and and I know that this is gonna like tweak a bunch of keyboard purists, but I didn't hate the keyboard on that. And everybody that I have seen talk about the the smart keyboard mm-hmm. has talked about how it feels just like the twelve inch MacBook. And I don't get that feeling at all because when I've used the 12-inch MacBook, it mostly made me angry. And <laughs> using the one... <laughs> the OS ten Rage Book. Yeah, it totally... But then, like, you know, we talk about keyboard purism and I have... I have um, clackety glorious switches on my desk, you know, cherry style switches from, from the keyboard. So it sounds like this when I type. Wow, clackety clack. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you should know that Mr. Kelly sometimes has to leave the room if he's here and I get on a hot streak where I'm typing a bunch of stuff. He's like, I, I can't sit in here and listen to that. Um, I do have the other one that's quiet, and I do sometimes switch between them with the quiet keys because it's still the same sort of throw. But anyway, it really feels like mashing the keys to me on the, the 12-inch MacBook. And so so I didn't feel like that with the smart keyboard for the Yoda Pro. To me, it was very it it was it was not the best experience, but given that it's you know the size of the iPad and it's super portable and 
you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I was still able to adapt to it pretty readily and be able to type reasonably quickly. I type just over a hundred words a minute on average when I go take a typing test like online or something. I'm like at like 106 or something like that. And so I felt like I was making reasonable progress on the iPad keyboard on the iPad pro keyboard. So to me, it was handy. See, I, you know, I, I tried both the, the Yoda sized iPad pro keyboard and the full size iPad pro keyboard Mm -hmm. uh, or the, the chewy size iPad pro keyboard. I felt like the small one, I just was like, I felt constrained as I was typing. The big one felt so natural. It felt just like well, yeah, it and and it does not feel like a full size keyboard. Like make no make no mistake, the 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 Ewok sized one is not is not as comfortable as the Wookie sized one, for certain. But um, I've typed on my fair share of iPad keyboards. I've tried a variety of them in various brands as the iPad went through various sizes. And this is by far the best keyboard I, aside from just taking the Apple Bluetooth keyboard and pairing it, this is the best typing experience I've had on an iPad if I've used an external keyboard upon it. Hmm. Well, that's saying something. Because you've tried, you've tried them all. I've tried. You've been around I've tried. I haven't tried as many as Steve Sandy has tried, but I have (laughs) tried well more than my fair share. So. (laughs) Um, well. We we are gonna we're gonna test this out. I'm gonna test this one yeah. out. We're gonna I'm gonna give feedback to everybody. I'm gonna get my computer back and running. You're gonna watch the Blazers. Yes. Um, and I also want to find out about art on that. Like oh, oh. you may want to see what the what the young people in your house think of of. Uh, if I let them touch it, they're of scared of it. They are scared of it. Like well, they, you make them. It, it, it's like you know, holding the baby. Like, go wash your hands. Go sit on the couch. I will bring it to you. You're not allowed to get up. But they you can know. handle a regular iPad. It's just that I I brought it home. I was setting it up, and I I, I deliberately avoided commenting on. It. I just sort of left it out on the table as I was thinking it and getting it set up. And my younger daughter comes over and she's talking to me, and suddenly she goes, "What is that?" <laughs> like backs away as if I've you know, as if I had some sort of well. shrink ray. Like if I had a grow and shrink ray and I'd used it on an iPad and she's like, how did you, what did you do? Well, you like know, I fed it. I'd fed it the, the eat me after tail. midnight. Yeah. I fed it after midnight. I fed the iPad <laughs> after midnight and she freaked out back to the Goonies. There we go. Oh, no, that's sorry. That's gremlins. No, that's gremlins. <laughs> Although there is a gremlins reference in Goonies. Ah, I did not know that. Really? Yeah. So there's, there's the moment when, um, uh, Chunk goes to call the police and he's calling the cops because they find the fratellis in the restaurant. And um, he calls the cops and the, the police officer answers the phone and he says, is this like that time you said you had all those little creatures that you couldn't feed after midnight? <laughs> because he calls the cops and tells them stories all the time. And so this was one of them. And that's also a Richard Donner movie. And Richard Donner was the guy playing the police officer. So he threw in. A little, yeah. Richard Donner is an amazing fellow. I actually had an opportunity to meet him at a Goonies event once, and he was great. And even better was um, he autographed, like, a bunch of people from the cast were there. It was for the 25th? I've been to 20th and 25th and 30th, and I don't remember. I think it was the 25th. At the 25th, they had this event where you could, like, meet a bunch of the cast and everything. So we went up there, and uh, we we got the DVD signed, and he, like, signed, but then he also like drew an arrow up to just his name on the box so you could tell which signature was his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. He's he was yeah, he's super funny. Um 
And the thing that was really funny was there was a, a couple of guys that shot a Goonies documentary and one of them said um, like they actually got the opportunity to sit down with Richard Donner and there's some interview with him in this documentary about the film. And one of the things he says is, you know, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but I've produced some movies that are pretty popular. I produced Superman and I've produced Le Lethal Weapon and far and away the number one question people ask me when they find out who I am is when I'm going to make another Goonies movie. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And they still don't. And I would like to point out while we're talking about um, movies that I enjoyed very much in my childhood, that this year is the 30th anniversary of Stand By Me, which was also filmed here in Oregon. Hmm. I, that I did not know. Yeah. Um, all of it except um, there's a little bit that's on a soundstage in California but all the rest of it was filmed here south of uh, Eugene, Oregon, in a place called Brownsville. And what's really funny is um, they don't have a whole lot of, like, tribute to it or anything. Mm -hmm. The bridge is exactly is basically exactly the same as you walk into town. Um, the bridge that they walk into town at the end of the movie. Um, you can still walk across that bridge. And the only real, like, Stand By Me reference, like, in all of town is uh, there's, like, this crosswalk. And it's the crosswalk where Vern stops and finds a penny at the end. I found a penny. Um, so there's a penny embedded in the sidewalk, in the crosswalk. That's clever. People try to yes. pick it up and it doesn't work. So I'm tr trying to imagine what the Goonies would have been like if it too had been based on a Stephen King short story. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was kind of a scary movie in its own right in yeah. the first place. So, I mean, so Chester much, Copperpot and One Eyed Willie were not the most photogenic of, of characters. How much worse then would it have been? <laughs> yeah. It like the Shawshank Goonies. It would have uh, been worse. It would have been, it, well, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe. That would have been there. Pet Goonies Cemetery. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, that stuff would have been speaking, terrifying. Speaking what is fun, though, is that you can go to Astoria and see a bunch of places where where uh, stuff was filmed. And there's still a lot, like, they have a little guest book at the bowling alley where Chunk watches the car chase go by. Mm -hmm. So... Like every time we go, I go in the bowling alley and make Mr. Kelly stand across the street and take my picture while I squish my face up against the window. Yeah, I do that because I, I am that dork. Like for people who had any doubt, oh yes, it's true. I'm that I'm I'm that goofball, and I'm not embarrassed. You shouldn't be. There's no reason to be. Embarrassed. I feel like I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> um. So speaking of movies that are by turns scary and hilarious, yes. Um. Coming up in June, June twenty eighth. Um, there is an event that um, I believe that listeners of the After Show would like to know about. So I will tell you about it now. It Let's is Rift Tracks is hosting. <gasps> I'm listening. Rift Tracks, for those who don't know, is three of the former Mystery Science Theater uh, cast members: um, Kevin, um, Mike, and uh, Bill Corbett. So Kevin Murphy, Mike, Mike, J Michael J. Nelson, and Bill Corbett. Are have been doing riff tracks for a while, and they are they do, um, co comedy commentary on current and classic movies, um, right. in the and style who, style people of who, people who don't remember. This is the the movies that you would tune in, and they'd be showing like a cheesy sci fi movie, but it was on Comedy Central, yes. and there was like the little outline of people at the bottom commenting on or what the was sci -fi happening. Channel, yes, that, that's right. And then they did it on the sci fi channel for a while. Yep. So, um. This is what we're talking about. So if you don't remember Mystery Science Theater, this is that thing where like the guy, the really funny guys were like talking through the movie as the movie was playing on TV. With, robo with robot puppets. Yes. And robots. So three of the guys have been doing this for a while. Now, coming up 
in yes. uh and and in addition to doing the taped and pre-recorded ones which you can buy at rifttracks r i f f t r a x dot com mm-hmm. um they also do live events which are broadcast in movie theaters by the fathom, fathom theater network which is fantastic oh. and a lot of fun um they have a special show coming up for their 20th rift tracks live event <gasps> june 28th 2016 they're hosting a mst3k reunion show featuring what, what? featuring not only the three riffers but also trace bill yo <gasps> frank no. conniff tv's frank <gasps> mary frank, Peel, push the button, frank bridget nelson the host of the revived MST3K, Jonah Ray, who I was not familiar with, and the original, oh, no, Joel Hodgson. Oh, no. Yes. Really? Really. Yes. So this is going to be live on June 28th, Tuesday, June 28th. You can find it at a theater near you. Um, you can either go to rifttracks.com or fathomevents.com and check yeah. it out. Um, oh, my goodness. So... Yeah, I'm doing that. I think we're I think we're all doing it. So we're, we're all going to do it in our respective cities. Um, I I only just found out about this, uh, literally tonight. So I this am, sounds amazing. I am I am not canting, waiting. I am canting, <laughs> not waiting, with the with the not breathing and the holding of the breath. In June. <laughs> um, Kelly, you have a basketball game that's waiting for your attention. We are I going do. we are going to release you into okay. into that. But in the meantime. Yes. Thank you for, for coming out tonight for to record a little show. And I would also like to retroactively apologize since this is going to be released after the fact. Um, anybody who was hearing some crazy amount of hooping and hollering from Portland, that was me. It was the ball game. We're, I, I just want to, I, I apologize if I was disrupting your evening in any fashion. Because I guarantee if it gets close, Mike, you will be able to hear me even though we're not recording. <laughs> I, I I hear a faint cry from across the nation. <laughs> Real cool places. All right. Have fun. Enjoy the game. Uh, yes. Y'all, uh, good to talk to you all again. You know where you can find us collectively um, at the underscore after show on Twitter or at aftershowpodcast.com. Kelly, where can people find you? You can find me on the Tweety Box as Verso, and you can occasionally find me over on the British Tech Network, um, sometimes at Mac Observer, explaining stuff to people. And you can find me on the Twitters at Mike T. Rose. We will be joining you all again soon. Thanks for being here, and have a good day.